Bible says. What? The Bible says. What? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says. What? Well, here we are again on the Bible says what back for another engaging and enthralling conversation about all the great head scratching mysteries of the Bible. Uh, I'm just glad to be here with you. Um, and I'm jo- I'm Pastor John, uh, pastor of church here in Living Hope. If you're new to us, we're glad you're here. Uh, good to meet you. If you're a returning guest, we're, we're glad you're back. Um, but I'm joined here with my friend who is not bald. Uh, like me, you can't see us on the phone or on the on the screen, but this is my dear friend. Hey, I'm Paul Desay. I pastor uh, Cindy Hook UMC in Columbus, Indiana. It's good to be with you. Say, so, hey, John, how are you, man? I'm great, dude. We are coming in the outflow Easter. I had a week off post Easter. Uh, the dust cleared, and uh, now I'm back at it this week. And yeah, how about you, man? You doing good? Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Always. Good. Always. Well, if you're joining us for the first time again, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We would love for you to just stop right now and click the subscribe button and just connect with us. And we would love to uh, have you go back. And we have a, not not a huge catalog of episodes, but we're getting up there now uh, in our episodes that you can go back and listen to. We'd love for you to catch up on those. Um, and if you're returning, hit that subscribe button if you haven't or share and help us spread the word. But the Bible says what is all about just talking about hard topics of the Bible. And we've been on this conversation um, about heaven here lately, correct? And um, what's the end going to be like? And today we're jumping into a, a conversation about life after life after life after how many are there? It's something no, about it's like a, what happens after the thing that happens after the thing that hap- like the the culmination. Let's call it that the the, the culmination uh, unveiling of what life after all of the final stuff kind of goes on. So it's really heaven, and we've been kind of unpacking the whole the topic of heaven and what heaven is about. And so we're going to keep kind of uh, digging through that today about just what happens after we die and what, what's God doing and what's he doing now. That's kind of mysteriously in our midst here and now and later and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, let's begin. Where, where are we starting today? Pastor Paul, are we going to dive into the word a little yeah. bit? Yeah, we are uh, real quick. Right before we jump into revelation 21, one to five, uh, our first heaven study, we talked about what happens when we die as believers, we are, um, uh, united with Christ, right? Absent from the body present with the Lord in a very temporary situation and paradise and rest waiting for this big event that we're going to get to today. Uh, this, the second week in this conversation, we talked about resurrected bodies that, the goal isn't for us to kind of float away and live in a very, um, you know, uh, just our souls kind of thing, uh, that there's a physicality to the future. And uh, this all comes to head in this particular topic today, uh, life after life after death. So uh, Revelation 21, 1 to 5, I'm reading out of the Common English Bible. It's my favorite translation. Uh, then I saw a new heaven, and a new earth, and the former earth, and the f- The former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them 
As their God, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no more mourning, crying, or pain anymore for the former um, things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making all things new. Stop right there. What a what amazing passage of scripture. Just jam-packed with all of the things we love to hear, right? Old things gone, new things here, hope and joy. Again, culmination of a lot of our hopes for what God is doing someday, but also right here and right now in our midst. Um, but yeah, let's begin. Let's start unpacking this. Again, I think it probably would be a good reminder, uh, Pastor Paul, that Revelation uh, is apocalyptic literature, but it's it spans time and uh, is prophetic in a sense of um, the future and the present and the past. There's, it's a very complex book to be reading. Um, so why don't we just do like a little two minute, you know, repeat of some of the concepts of of Revelation because that's the passage we just read. Just to remind some of our our uh, listeners as we enter into this apocalyptic literature, how do we engage with this as a passage of scripture? Um, as followers of Jesus. And if you had 30 seconds to explain to us about Revelation uh, and how we approach it as readers, what would you say, Pastor Paul? Yeah, okay. Okay, so here we go. Uh, John, uh, who is writing this, uh, is using Old Testament stuff to communicate something amazing about Jesus. And so everything that is in Revelation is actually referencing the Old Testament in some way, shape, or form. So he's kind of doing a remix of the Old Testament. And he's presenting it in very symbolic ways to these seven churches. Uh, and we get to read their letter, get to read their mail. And we realize that Jesus is the one who's on the throne and he is going to make all things new. He's talking about the future, right? And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is what happens in the future. Where is this all headed? Where is this all going? And John in the 21st and 22nd chapter really gives us this picture of what the future looks like. So that was my 30, 45, I don't know, one minute. It description yeah. the thing that yeah, so, when, when we were reading this too paul is that how much of this is repeated language like you said he's, he's grabbing things from the old testament also see there are things that jesus all the time was talking about old things gone new things come i think that that was repeated several times in in this passage that, that you read these are these are themes that we keep being invited into to have our imaginations awakened to this reality of what God is doing, of of how old things are, are passing away and new things are coming. Um, so where do you want to start? How do we want to begin to well, dive into it? Yeah, let me, let me read an Old Testament passage real quick. And yeah. uh, and, and hopefully this will, we'll see the connections here. So we read from Revelation 21, 1 to 5, but John is not writing something brand new. He is definitely remixing uh, an Old Testament passage. So let me just read a few verses out of Isaiah 65 for you. Uh, and see if you notice the similarities. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I'll create, for I'll create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and shake delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. And then uh, it goes on and on and on to kind of continue that. But but John is remixing Isaiah 65. He is not writing something new. This is, uh, let me just say, this has been the hope of God's people forever, that God is going to make all things right at the end. 
right? So this is not something uh, just New Testament. This is an Old Testament um, belief. Um, and Jesus uh, taught this. Uh, the book of Acts, uh, the disciples taught it. And then John takes it and remixes it and, and presents it. And it may be just a different, little bit different thing. So this is the ongoing hope of God's people um, all the way back to the prophets, which is yeah. really cool when you think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think when, so, we, when we get drawn into like what Jesus is doing too, that I, I, cause my first thought too, Paul, as we were, as we were touching on Isaiah and revelation is this language of old things going away and new things coming. It's almost like a replacement, you know? And I think a lot of times when we think of end times, we think of, um, you know, things blowing up and being burned and, you know, but there, but I think there's an element of restoration of, of redeeming by old things passing away is meaning a restoration of what is to come. So these new, the new heavens and new earth are, are more like their whole versions of what we've experienced in the past. I think that's kind of uh, an important thing to note as well as, as God is inviting us into this new future. Yeah, I mean, in language is resurrection, right? So yeah. the old things passed away. Passed away is is death language, right? So yeah. what we're talking about here is not a brand new heaven and earth. It's a resurrected. It's a restored, as you said. And so that's the that's the picture here. So if you kind of look at it from a timeline standpoint, what most scholars would say is when Jesus comes back, this the second coming is the catalyst to this idea, right? that there's going to be a resurrected heavens and earth, that Jesus is going to bring heaven and earth together, right? Where they've always meant to be. Back in the Garden of Eden, they were together, but sin separated. At the end, Jesus, when he comes back, is going to bring heaven and earth together. And when it happens, there's the what we talked about last time, the resurrected bodies and, and all these beautiful things uh, that are in this passage referencing from Isaiah are going to take place. This is what life after life after death looks like this is the future yeah. and it's so cool too to think that isaiah all those hundreds of years ago thousands of years for us was was pointing to christ was pointing to the people pointing the people of israel to jesus and what he represented and i know the other other major prophecies equal as well i said i was actually reading just this morning uh that isaiah passage in 65 and another passage in ezekiel uh who's another major prophet that was pointing to this this language of new heavens and new earth and pointing to Christ who would, who would come and be the culmination and, and also the catalyst of that uh, ending, bringing all things to, to new and renewal uh, that he would, Jesus would finish the work that he began 2000 years ago that we just celebrated a week ago uh, that God is still doing it right in in our midst. Yeah. 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 So what I love about this uh, picture of no more pain, uh, no more death, no more, you know, no more mourning or crying um, is Jesus when he was on earth was enacting this. Everything here he went, he performed miracles. He was drying people's tears. He was healing people. He was resurrecting people. He was living out this. It's almost like he was taking the future and bringing it into the present. Right. Yeah. And you take a look at the book of Acts. And these are the things that are happening. This is God's kingdom. Uh, this is God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And in the ending of the story, when Jesus comes back, it's like this perfect marriage of all these things that Jesus was doing and all these things that the disciples were doing in the book of Acts kind of all comes together in this beautiful fulfillment. So we kind of are living uh, this way now uh, with the hope of the fulfillment of these things in the future. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. Kind of gives me the picture of, you know, like I got weeds in my lawn, you know, but my lawn looks really pretty right now, uh, but there are still weeds there and there still needs worked on, you know, but I'm bringing it to life. I'm watering it. I'm nurturing the lawn, you know, and eventually someday, hopefully all those weeds will be gone and my lawn will be perfect. You know, it's for me, that's kind of an image of the kingdom as a follower of Jesus. He's inviting me to live in this life, to bring about the, the realities of the new heavens and new earth right here and right now that I'm, that we are about the work. I've always liked when we've had conversations in the past about that, Paul, that the life I live today and the life you live listeners today matters in this making all things new project that God is doing. It's, we are in progress. We're in a series right now at living hope called to be, to be continued, you know, and that we celebrate Easter every year and it's not a one and done event. And the, and the reality that we're still celebrating Easter 2000 years later should draw us into this vision of that God is ongoing, moving in the world through us, through redeemed and restored people, bringing about the realities that we just read in Revelation, right? We're healing the, the wounds of the world. We're bringing peace into places of chaos and violence, which, again, I love the images when they mentioned in Revelation that there was no seed. I'm sure you noticed that. I noticed that right away. The new heavens and the new earth, and there's no sea. I think as a reference to this reality, the sea in biblical uh, writing was always a representation of chaos. It was right. distortion and evil. It was the void. It was representative of all the things that were wrong. And the reality that there was no sea in this new heavens and new earth means that all, the, the, all of the distortion of sin and chaos is removed at the end when God makes it it really returns us back to eden you know we're making this round trip i like to kind of think of it and we we made the turn with jesus at the cross and now we're heading back to eden back to the place where god and humanity and the creation was all one but yeah it's good stuff yeah yeah i i, I love uh what you mentioned um about uh what we do in the present matters i was this uh, my devotion this morning uh, I'm reading uh, On Earth as in Heaven by N.T. Wright. Uh, and he, in this devotion, said, uh, What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last in the God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it all behind together. Um, it's uh, this, they are what they are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. And so what we're doing now lasts into the future. Uh, uh, Paul says in um, Corinthians that these things won't be wasted. Uh, so we have it. We have a picture here of God calling us in the present to live into the future. And uh, the things that we do for God's kingdom now somehow last into God's future. Um, and I, I think that is very, very cool. So it matters how we live now, as you said. Yeah. That's a profound idea because I, I think in, in the evangelical, in evangelical world, a lot of times when we think of heaven, we think of the new heavens and the, earth, the new earth, the things we're looking for in the future. Oftentimes we can kind of get wrapped up in kind of an escapist mindset, you know, that we're just biding our time. And really that it invites us to see and uh, live in, a, in the world in a way where what we do doesn't matter, you know, like it's kind of the world's broken and that's it. And nothing I can do is going to make any difference. 
but but this language and inviting us to see this picture of of an end of recreation that God is inviting us to participate in right now is mean and I love that that idea that I'm what I do today matters and how I participate with my life and like he said matters and will remain in the future I think man what a deeply profound idea and also challenging too because if I sit around on my duff and and don't participate in making things new um, what does that mean for the culmination of the kingdom you know yeah for sure I always thought that was kind of an interesting thought yeah. Uh, another thing that I, I find uh, very interesting when you take a look at that, uh, this description of the new heavens and the new earth, it's physical. Yeah. Uh, that it's not uh, some sort of, um, uh, I don't know, ethereal, less yeah, uh, floating physical, around in spirits you know, and clouds. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so, so, my so the <laughs> yeah. So the beautiful thing about our future is that we're on this renewed, resurrected, restored earth living a very physical life. And Isaiah talks about building houses and working in vineyards. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we, right now, uh, we live in a physical world, but this new heavens and new earth will be more physical. It'll yeah. be more real than what we experience now. Food will taste even better than food. Uh, food then will taste even better than food now. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine eating food without preservatives and you know like food the way it's meant to be yeah. uh you know that that living in a physical world without pollution living in in god's creation as he intended that renewed garden as you said um man that that's an awesome thought isn't it it's hard to get our heads wrapped around it you know but but again too i, I think it's it's a healthy thing that it invites us to see the world that we're in now as a you know, I say broken hesitantly because there, I think we do have glimpses as well of what that future looks like. That There is goodness in the world as much as there is brokenness. And we, we see as in a, a, a dim mirror, I think that says in the scripture, the apostle Paul kind of talks about it that way, that, that now we see kind of dimly in a faded mirror, but someday we'll see face, we'll see clearly, you know, that, that the reality of what God intends for us will someday be revealed in its, in its completion. But it does give us hope now that when I look around and live my life now, I can see glimpses of what that kingdom would look like. You know, when when we see the church acting as the church is called to act and mending the wounds of the world and bringing peace to violent places and, um, you know, putting our arms around broken people that we are. We are healing the wounds of the people. I almost gives this, me this image of when Jesus, John the Baptist came and sent people off to talk and say, Jesus, are you the Messiah? And Jesus didn't say, yeah, I am. He said, hey, go read the scripture about the new heavens and the new earth. And then look at my life and that will be your answer. You know, I'm making the blind to see, you know, and I'm healing the brokenhearted that Jesus is this. And he, what he was saying to, to John was, hey, the new heavens and new earth is happening here before your eyes. Check it out. All the brokenness is being changed and restored into healing. And it's right in front of you. Don't miss it by just wondering if I'm the Messiah. Open your eyes and see the new heavens and new earth bre breaking in here and now. And I think that's a lesson for us, I think, today, too. Maybe we seek after Jesus and say, are you the Messiah? Are you the one? Are you going to bring us to heaven someday? And I wonder if Jesus keeps saying, hey, go read Isaiah. Man, it, it, like, look around you. Is this stuff happening? Because the kingdom of heaven is breaking in right here right now in your midst uh, and someday will be completed i think that's the important thing for today's conversation
culmination. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, John Gibson. Do it. What do you what do you think that future is going to be like? What like on a day to day day to day life? What is it going to look like in the new heavens and earth? What are we going to do when we're in this future um, renewed earth? What are we going to do on it? Yeah, man. So that's interesting. I was just writing this morning um, uh, and I was thinking about this reality, you know, because one of the things that's always kind of uh, bummed me out about eternity, when I think about the new heavens and new earth and eternity, I think, man, eternity is a long time. Um, Again, what are you going to do? Is it going to be boring? Like, and if if I go stand before God, I know all of a sudden I know everything about God because it's like somehow I have this thought, I've had this thought placed in my mind throughout my growing up that I'll, when I see Jesus, I'll just know everything about him all at once. Like all my questions will be answered. And I start to like inner tension of how boring will that be? I'll know everything. And I'll have the, in my entire life to sit there and know everything. <laughs> so I was writing this morning, um, just about specifically about time, um, and how, how time really God created for the purpose of relationship, you know, and, and thinking about time in the sense of eternity. I think when we speak of of eternity in heaven, we think forever and ever. And how do we experience that reality? What What's that about? And I was just writing about how I, I think it's cool how God in the beginning, he created and separated the light from the darkness and created heaven, the, the heavens and the earth and the days from the night. And so I think God was very intentional by creating time. And I thought, well, why would God create time if he was in eternity and someday is going to invite us to eternal life? What What was the purpose of time? I, I was writing this morning just about how neat it is that if you see time outside of the context of brokenness, where time really becomes something that is violent, right? It moves me towards death. Right now, I'm, time is something that is always going away. But in the context of eternity, if God created time for us, he created it for the purpose of enjoyment of relationship and creation. You know, God had all the time in the world, and he still took time to sit and enjoy creation and to take Sabbath and spend time in the garden with one another. And I think life is going to look a whole lot like what we experience, all the goodness we experience here on earth now without all the brokenness, right? I enjoy spending time with Paul Desai. I mean, like if I could go have lunch and eat pizza and smoke some ribs with Paul Desai and that be all, I mean, I'm in heaven, right? That's, that's a taste. I get a glimpse of heaven when I'm spending time with my friend, uh, Paul Desai. But I, but I think that's the truth. God even in gives us the gift of time. I think we're going to have the ability to perceive day and movement of time because that's what gives us the experience of relationship, which is what I think heaven really is all about. The experience of whole uh, and fulfilling relationship with God and one another. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I couldn't say that better myself. That was great. That was, that Someday was really you get good. to read so, it. Hopefully if I ever finish that little discourse on what I think about with time, but yeah, you asked. Me. Well, I, I, <laughs> there you go. I think, I think a lot of uh, you hit this idea of what we find fulfillment on earth, that special um, um, tove moments, you know, when things are good, very good, you know, um, like Jesus or like God said in the garden, and it was very good. Um these these moments where it just feels right. Um, I, I think uh, the new heavens will have that moment in as a uh, continual life. So, uh, like if you connect uh, to God in reading, like reading is your joy. I believe that you will have the library of all the books that have ever been uh, written. 
and continue to be written in the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. If you enjoy uh, hiking, you will have uh, the opportunity to hike in the purest of um, nature. Um, and, and if you enjoy, um, I don't know, playing board games with friends and family, you will have uh, many, many um, evenings of laughter and joy and fun. I think there's an element of our everyday lives that we connect with in a very spiritual, sacred way that uh, gives us glimpses to what um, eternal life truly is and will be. So I think it's going to be very physical, and I think that there will be joy and enjoyment um, in, in the new heavens and new earth. I think it will be very, very good. And work. there's plenty of worship too. That's that's no. That, I <laughs> that's mean, right. not, not saying there wasn't worship, but most people think it's it's just all worship. It is yeah. worship, but worship comes through joy as well, enjoying God's presence and presence. One, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's good. And, and our lives are acts of worship too. I think again, that's a conversation for another day. But too often we think of worship just standing and singing hallelujah, you know. But my, my the way I live my life for God is is an act of worship. It's an act of reverence for who He is. So I, I think a, an element of that is just how we live our lives and existing in relationship glorifies who God is, and that will be heaven someday, where all of my life will be redeemed and restored so that every part of my life, every activity that I have, every word that I speak out of my mouth, every relational encounter I have will will be worship. It will be glorifying the God who made it right once and for all. Mm, I like Beautiful it. Beautiful stuff. Good, Good stuff, man. man. Good. Awesome. Well, we, yeah, we're so wrapping we, up what, this what, little what, section, right? Yeah. What are we talking about next? Man, I think we're I think we're hopping over to miracles, aren't we? We're going to talk about yeah what miracles are all about, and and I'm really fascinated by this topic. I hope you'll join us uh, for our next a few. I don't know how many episodes we're going to cover with it, but but here lately in my own spiritual journey, I've really been focusing on how to how I asking God to help me connect my head and my heart, and I think really miracles really um, enter into that that mystical place where uh, I've read a one a book that kind of called it finding thin places in the world where where god meets heaven and he touches our lives and he touches like the tangible impact of the touch of god um so i think it's going to be a fascinating uh, conversation do miracles happen what do they look like Um, how do we make them happen can we make them happen um do they still happen today did they happen only back you know in bible times all kinds of great conversation what does the bible have to say about miracles most importantly um so yeah i think that's where we're headed next man yeah, and I'm excited because it connects to what we talked about today. So yeah. the miracles that we see in the present are glimpses of this beautiful future um, that God has for us. So I'm excited about continuing this conversation of God's hope that he gives us and these glimpses of the renewed, uh, the newness that God is bringing about. The Easter Easter story continues, right? Absolutely. To be continued. Well, we're glad to you joined us continued. today. If you if you uh, enjoyed our time, we hope you click subscribe again. And we hope it tickled your brain and made your head itch a little bit. And we can't wait to keep on uh, plumbing the depths of the Bible and all the mysteries and mystical things that lie within it here on The Bible Says What. Again, I'm uh, Pastor John. It's been great talking with you. And this is my dear friend. I'm Pastor Paul. Hey, grace and peace, everyone. Take care. The Bible says what? The Bible says what? The Bible says what? Say what? Say what?
What does the Bible say? The Bible says, what?